Welcome to the Faithful Christian Podcast. What up, everyone? Welcome back to Faithful Christian. I'm Christian Givens, and today I have with me um, special guest Amos Evans. He is the worship leader at my church, um, ARC, in Southeast Washington, D.C., and um, a new friend of mine. So welcome, Amos. Thank you. I'm glad to be welcomed here to your podcast. So glad that you decided to join. How have you been doing with all the craziness going on? For those listening, we are recording amid COVID-19 quarantine. (laughs) Yes. Pandemic podcasting. Pandemic podcasting. (laughs) I've been doing all right. Um, I feel like it's been a crazy time. There's so Mm -hmm. much going on um, kind of on all fronts. So um, externally with all the madness of Corona and um, media and just everybody just kind of overloaded with what's going on and how do we respond. Um, Also, I'm kind of figuring out things in my life right now. Um, I own a a creative agency. Mm -hmm. So um, we're like in the heat of strategic planning for the year. Um, as well as some other personal things, family things. So I feel like I, I haven't really been able to rest, although I've been at home um, all week, literally. <laughs> Better than me. I had to go in the office twice this week, and I know there are people probably judging me for that, but my job requires me to be there partially. So I had to go in, and fortunately, I was one of only two people in the office. It was me and the CEO at the office um, yesterday and Friday. And, you know, it was a short day for me, but I'm happy that I wasn't cooped up in the house all week. This whole thing has just kind of put everything on hold for us as well. There's a lot going on in my family. Um, we're trying to get things situated, situated, and it's just kind of making all of our plans kind of come to a halt mm. in a sense. And it's fine. It's completely fine. Like, I trust God's timing. So, yeah. Yeah. So... Today, we are going to be talking about the church. So this episode is Christians and Church. I thought this would be a very important conversation to have as someone who was raised in the church, who stayed in the church. I know there are a lot of people who were also raised in the church who have walked away or who still profess Christ and who just do not attend for whatever reason they have. I hope this episode doesn't come across as condescending or judging, rather as a way for those who maybe have left the church, who still profess Christ, and even those who may not profess Christ and just want to know how the church operates, um, just to have yeah. a new perspective. I have found it to be very helpful to remain in the church, even amid some hard times. Um, I've gone through church hurt recently. Mm. I've, you know, I was raised a PK. I was raised a, like my grandparents founded a church. So I was all up in the church. Um, yeah. And now I'm a member at a church where my parents are not in leadership. And it is wonderful because I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is what it's like to be everyone else. <laughs> Everybody else. Is I'm PK. loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to go over this topic with you guys. So I think the first thing we need to do before we even start talking is defining what the church is. Amos, do you have... A definition for what how to define the church oh i think there's so many definitions or Mm -hmm. ways or forms of the church 
Um, but I would say that the church is God's body, um, mm-hmm. God's chosen people, yep. and the system in which he is discipling the world. Yeah, good definition. Um, I second that. I think the answer is simple. It's the body of Christ. I think people tend to think of church as the building. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's the people that meet together who are also committed to following Christ. And they are also committed to one another in fellowship as a family. Yeah. And, you know, I actually just did a paper on um, the importance of community when it comes to suffering. And one of the books I read two years ago by Francis Chan, Letters to the Churches, he had a quote that says, crafting the church into a truly united and supernaturally loving family is the very thing that God is wanting to do. That was like, wow, okay, yeah. This is uh, very true. Like God, his intention is for us to be united and to supernaturally love each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm blessed that I've been able to see that at both my home church and my new church. You know, I'm just very fortunate that I've had that experience. And my old church when I lived in Lynchburg, um, where I was attending one community church down there. So, yeah, I've been blessed to have good experiences with seeing the love factor of a church. But on the flip side of that, for me, I've also have seen recently some very nastiness in the church. Mm. And I think some people would ask, why have you even decided to remain in the church? I One, I left the church where I was experiencing that stuff. But two, I also take scripture very seriously. And I take, you know, the not forsaking to assemble together in Hebrews 10, that command very seriously. Yeah. Um, So rather than leaving the church completely, I think it was appropriate for me to find a healthy body. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Similarly, I was raised in church. I keep telling everybody I was born in the therapy at church. (laughs) Um, My parents are pastors. Um, They still are pastors today. Definitely over 20 something years. Um, So, yeah, I feel like in a sense, all that I know is church. Um, And I appreciate that um, because it has groomed me in Christian discipleship from a super young age. Um, Although a lot of like PKs may feel like they can't say when they were saved or Mm -hmm. um, we just have all kinds of different experiences, good and bad being Mm -hmm. being PKs. Um, I feel like mine was pretty pretty decent. Um, I do have an older brother. So maybe he took some of that uh, some of that heat for me, and I learned from his, from his mistakes. Love you, Steve. Um, <laughs> but yeah, being PK, um, I think is a very unique experience mm-hmm. that God uses to teach us in that age. I think people are so surprised that I'm a PK. They're like, "Wait, you're a pastor's kid? Like, you're not rebellious, or <laughs> you're not here being reckless?" And I'm like, "Yo, my recklessness." honestly came later in life i'm not reckless now but i would say i feel like i tend to want to be more rebellious now than i ever was growing up which is so reversed it's like but now i know the truth and i'm so ingrained in you know good doctrine and understanding scripture that for me to rebel would be like just sinning just because so i can't Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i'm like i feel the call to rebel more now as a 27 year old versus when I was 17. <laughs> oh yeah. The, and the call, the call is always there. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always, it's always coming. 
I think oh, yeah. it's James, James 4 or 5. Um, it says that we are tempted by our own passions. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So yeah, those, those, those always exist. Yeah. But um, I think that's also a unique thing that PK can experience. I mean, anybody who really grew up in church is that some things are just going to be ingrained in you, whether you choose to deny them or believe them and obey them. But the good thing is that you've heard them and mm -hmm. God can use that. So another question I have for us is, what is a healthy church? Mm. This reminds me, you didn't allow me to give my disclaimer in the beginning, so I'll, so I'll give it now. I'm not a pastor, nor a theologian. <laughs> Neither <laughs> <So> am I. <laughs> everything being said is uh, simply a discussion, and I'm hopefully led by the Spirit, which you can, we can lift in the Word and confirm. I use that as a segue. I think a healthy church is built on the Word of God that, honestly, and from my experience now, what I've seen is that I think healthy churches are very adamant and particular about confirming how they do ministry with the word. That's that's kind of primarily what, what kind of the church organization exists to do is to do ministry. So and I think that happens through the word, which means we need to be in the word and do things in a way that is consistent with like the story of of scripture which is the story of christ yeah absolutely i don't think i have much to add to that i think that's very accurate i maybe i, I could add another component i think a healthy church is also a church that recognizes its, its flaws there's no perfect church out there you know there's no one way to do things correctly and if I could say there's one critique I would have of a lot of churches is I don't think, I can't say that, maybe I shouldn't say a lot um, of some of the churches that I've been to is that I think that they think that the way they do things is the only correct way to do things. Mm. To me, if you are following what scripture says, I think there are a lot of areas that, the secondary issues that are not so important to focus on. Um, as long as you're getting the basics of the gospel, um, salvation, those doctrines correct. I think that, you know, there's tons of ways to show that we are the church. And yeah. I guess I think about the passage of us being different members of the same body. Mm -hmm. You know, the church across the street might not, they might not do communion on first Sunday. Right. You know, they might do it on the second Sunday. That's not important. You know, it's not important. As long as you are taking the sacraments with the right attitude and you are, you know, treating it with the utmost respect and yeah. honoring what scripture says about it, it doesn't matter when you do it. You know, another church may really press the issue of taking the Sabbath. The Sabbath was fulfilled in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I do think that it's important for us to rest. And, you know, I... This past two months, I was very intentional about taking Sundays as my Sabbath because I'm in classes yeah. again. However, when it came to me being near the end of my semester, I had a lot of stuff to do. So I was like, wow. I can't take the Sabbath. I can't not work on Sunday this week. I have to go home and do my paper. I have to yeah. go home and read. And there's grace for that. God is not looking down at me like, ah, oh, he's reading. He's writing a paper. There's something wrong, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like, Christ, so, Christ came to fulfill, fulfill all of that. Exactly. So, you know, I think when it comes to certain things, we have to extend grace to other churches that may do things differently, as long as they're not preaching heresy and, you know, they're, 
there's so much grace that we need to extend to each other as the body of Christ. Yeah. So if I had to add something, I would add that to what you said. Yeah, um, I wanted to read the scripture. Um, if you see me flipping around right here, pages, it's the Bible. <laughs> so 2 Timothy 3, um, I'll read kind of 14 through 17. But you must continue with the things you have learned and found convincing. You know who taught you. Since childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. I think PK's account counted in there. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> since childhood, you've known Holy Scriptures that help you to be wise in a way that leads to salvation through faith that's in Christ Jesus. Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, mm -hmm. and for training character so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. That's 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. Um, yes. So I think that's just fortifying this idea that the word of God is what we're built on. Um, the word of God is actually what teaches and it's sufficient. I think that's an important word because mm -hmm. we may want to add so many different elements to what it means to be a good church or to define that even when it comes to having great music, which yeah. I feel very deeply. To <laughs> yes, um, you are. Or um, having like awesome preaching or having great youth ministries. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, like the word of God is sufficient, like Absolutely. all sufficient for like equipping us to be mm -hmm. like Christ. So that's, I think that's what a healthy church should focus on. Absolutely. The word. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in a church that really focused on teaching the word and um, actually had a Bible college. Yeah. There was such an emphasis on it. At the same time, sometimes I think there were things that we were not budging on that maybe scripture did not confirm or that, you know, I just didn't agree with. I don't know if I can say didn't, the verb Bible didn't confirm. Maybe I have a different view. Um, so, yeah, I think there are a lot of churches that do put emphasis on the word even still. And maybe you can just see things in a different light. And that was a point of contention for me growing up and when I came back home, I was determined not even to go back to my home church because I was like, I don't agree with certain things that we teach. And I think a lot of my different disagreements were in regards to spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. um, not that I think they ceased. I do not believe that. I do believe that we have been guilty of pursuing um, certain spiritual gifts over gifts that should be everyday life, you know? Yeah. And to me, that just bothered me. It felt like it was pursuing the gifts over the giver mm. and I was like I can't I can't support that you know if you're going to have these gifts of tongues and trans um translation and prophecy then it needs to be backed up with love to me yeah. that that was like the overarching thing like if yeah. we don't have love we have nothing you know mm -hmm. that's scripture so you know that was a big point of contention for me in the church however I pushed past that for a long time when after I got back, maybe a year after I moved back here, um, back to Maryland, and I started going back to the church. I started to try to be more intentional about helping with the youth ministry and the worship stuff there with the youth. And it was going well for a very long time. Of course, I was still battling my internal conflict of like, do I want to be here? So I was still visiting ARC mm -hmm. on the side, which I've been visiting for like years. And 
it got to the point where things were just getting really, really bad at my church, not talking about doctrine or teaching stuff, but as far as the situation there, and it was affecting my family directly, you know, and affecting mm. my mental health directly and my emotional health directly. I'm not going to go into details. Yeah. That's not important. However, this is where I want us to transition into like church hurt. Like I have yeah. experienced it to the nth degree. I know there, there are others that have experienced it to the same level or even worse, but you know, I can only speak about my experience with it. Um, yeah. So I transitioned to attending ARC full time in May of 2019 amid like just really, really hard things that were happening at my home church. And I just would get like, I was having dreams about the things that were going on and um, dreams about people, my, my relationship with people who I used to be close with. And it was just all types of things. I couldn't sleep half the time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when I would go to the physical building or even driving past the building in DC, I would like, my body would physically react. Yeah. It was bad. I'm like, yeah, this is trauma. Like this is some type of trauma. That's how it reveals itself a lot of times. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can't be here. And I felt awful because my mom, you know, she's still there and she couldn't leave. And I'm like, I wish I could just take you with me. I felt terrible one for, I feel like I was abandoning her in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I love my mother dearly. Like she's one of my favorite people in the world. She is my favorite person in the world at this point. My father's gone, my other favorite person. So I have my mother left, you know? Yeah, I just, my body physically reacting, I can't, I just can't, I can't. I even have this thing where if I see someone, I have a weird recognition of people's cars. So if I know someone, I know what they drive. (laughs) And it's weird. I don't, don't ask me why. You can have 10 cars and I will know every last one of your 10 cars. And I'm like, oh, that's so-and-so's car. That's so, so funny. I'm out shopping and I see a car that looks familiar to me. I'm like, oh my gosh. I get like panicked. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, I don't know about how I would react if I run into people that I used to go to church with who now possibly hate me or look at me as some villain because of a rumor that was said about my family or mm. a 100% lie that was fabricated by someone who's spiteful. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know what people are thinking of me and what they're going to do when they see me or what I'm going to do when I see them, honestly, because I feel like I'm the victim here. <laughs> I'm the victim in this case. And I'm mm-hmm. not trying to justify anything, but it's, it's been real. Like this hurt that I felt has really, really been, it was awful. It's awful. I still feel it to this day and I'm working through it with Pastor T. And thank God I'm finding healing um, and I'm finding yeah. the ability to let go and to be able to pray for people who may not have the best intention in mind. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of deep rooted stuff that I have to work through. Mm-hmm. That was a long way of saying, <laughs> a very long way of saying, what is church hurt, Amos? And have you experienced it? And what do we do with church hurt? Oh, man. A heavy one. Yeah. What is church hurt? I'll give a um, a definition based on things that I've heard. So uh, my my research definition, if you will. I think what I've seen and heard the church hurt and felt the church hurt is is some kind of like deep, maybe deep trauma associated with people in the church, things done 
in the church mm-hmm. or misunderstandings, if you will, or with like with God and 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 how God, yeah, how God applies, how how Christianity applies, and how theology applies to those things. So I think it has to do with the people, the things that happen, um, and then something about a theology that gets wrapped up. And I think, and those things are associated with painful things. So whether someone that hurt you, that, that hurt us, something that, or someone who we don't appreciate, that happens a lot. People having relationships, dating in the church, pastors, mm-hmm. um, misusing authority, mm-hmm. just encountering someone on the wrong day at the wrong time. And then there's the, like, like you said, there are these people that kind of just trigger these things. The other one I'll say, the second one might be things that, things that happen, but maybe not so associated with a specific person, but maybe the way that a church is run, or maybe the fact that mm-hmm. I want to join the praise team and I can't really sing, but <laughs> I don't want you to tell me that. So I'm hurt because I just can't vibe with something here. And that bothers me because of, maybe other deeper reasons. That's kind of my light example. And things happen in our lives, tough situations, we lose family members. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just think we've been praying for over some, some amount of years and we're not feeling like we can find relief um, or an answer. Mm-hmm. And therefore kind of God equals the church where God equals like bad situations that are happening that yeah, I'm associating yeah. with the church. Yeah. So those are all very real, real things. They can be really painful. And I think we should acknowledge that. Yeah. I appreciate that you said that situations that happen, like God equals pain. And the reason I appreciate you brought that up is because I just finished my class on um, theology of joy and suffering. And my own conclusion of addressing issues of when it comes to like affliction and suffering was like the community of the church is a part of what God wants to use to heal us of those wounds and to endure um, the pain that we will experience as human. None of us are exempt from pain. Jesus Christ himself, who is God, Mm -hmm. died a very painful death. And I think that there's something to be said that if God himself would allow himself to be subjected to pain, that we have to be able to endure pain um, as believers and do it well. Like it doesn't yeah. mean that we're not going to have moments of weakness where we're complaining and we're like, God, take it away. Mm-hmm. I pray often for God to take away my personal struggles. I pray often for God to take away the pain of me losing a father, pain of me losing, you know, relationship with people I grew up with. I pray for those things often, and I don't think there's anything wrong with praying for them. However, we also need to acknowledge that these things may never change. Like the pain that we feel may not ever go away. Yeah. And we have to be able to endure and to not point the finger at God when, when he is the giver of our lives. He's one. His character mm-hmm. trait. He's love overall. Like, mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we reconcile a loving God with the pain that we feel, you know? Yeah. And I think the for me is come to the truth of, I don't know how he's going to work out, how he's going to play, how the whole situation is going to look out, but I know at the end of my life, mm-hmm. there is a joy that is going to surpass anything I experienced on this earth. Yeah. And we are not looking towards 
temporary pleasures and temporary relief, like we are going to experience eternal pleasure and eternal relief mm-hmm. in God's kingdom. And yeah. that should keep us going. And, and I think that's why the body is so com- important because we can remind each other of that when one of us is not feeling it. You know, I'm not feeling it today, Amos. So mm-hmm. like, I need you oh, to yeah. tell me as my brother, hey, guess oh, yeah. what? you have a hope in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not saying that in that moment. Sometimes it may just be sitting in silence with me, you know, but ultimately yeah. we need to be pointing each other back to that truth that we're not looking for hope and relief on this side. Mm-hmm. If we get it, bless God. But if we don't get it, bless God, because we have Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, I do want to answer the, the second part yes. of your question. I try to be very um, intentional with my words. Um, and we should talk more offline about this. But I think I've definitely experienced her in all three of those ways, with people in the church, things that happen, and kind of personal issues um, mm-hmm. with God. In general, I've some of the hardest situations have been transitioning out of a church. Leaving, leaving a church can be very hurtful. Um, yeah. People, uh, it's gonna, it can be hard for people to accept that you want to leave. Um, mm-hmm or accept how you want to leave or accept where you want to leave to. Mm-hmm. Um, like the enemy can be very discouraging in those times. Um, and that's definitely like an area of personal hurt. Um, so you're like, you can be really discouraged. Like, why do I feel this turmoil inside me um, to leave? And then that can start arguments. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure most people who have been in church have faced that. Even even sometimes like the thought of leaving um, yeah. at the beginning of those conversations can just be, I know there are, I know a range of ministries and types of like leadership that will rebuke you for even wanting to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let alone where you want to leave to and it better not be somewhere nearby. <laughs> so yeah it's true that yeah Yeah, leaving my home church was um it was hard Uh, mainly like i said mainly for me because i was leaving my mother and i didn't want to leave her but i knew for my own self i had to do it Mm -hmm. fortunately i had her support and oh man when i was going to the new membership meeting at arc I was like, oh God, am I even qualified to be leaving a church? Like, because <laughs> one of the things that like Pastor T stressed was not leaving a church with bad blood, you know? Like, make sure that the leadership is aware, make sure that you are you are amending broken relationships. My question to him was, what if the relationships are not mendable at this point? Mm. You know, like I'm not seeking to be bitter. I'm not seeking to be um disconnected from these people. However, reconciliation doesn't like is going to happen anytime soon yeah or maybe we won't be reconciled maybe but just the forgiveness factor of us saying hey no i forgive you i've wronged you that conversation is not even going to happen anytime soon and i found so much grace from pastor t and from our church that if you are if you're working on the forgiveness factor in your own heart and i'm willing to forgive you know um then you're not going to be denied fellowship at a new body that is going to help you heal. Yeah. So that was so important to me. And I'm so thankful that I found that. Yeah. And just to, just a little note about the other two. Um, well, one, I'll say I really love and appreciate my parents. 
it was a very uh, tough kind of transition and tough conversations mm -hmm. um, when that first started to happen. Been in my parents' church my entire life, <laughs> and I had to go away to college. Um, yeah, and we were a small church, so there's a lot of work that goes into a small church, and I I, I think even some of that work for like church planners um, and for small ministries that can be a source of stress sometimes that can be a source of of strain that god gives grace for so yeah i just i just shout out to my parents for the ways that they have really like allowed me to be sent out to even be at arc and to do ministry so amen there's hope there's hope. there is hope um and i i, I do want to point out the uh specifically the area of like personal church hurt sin mm. <laughs> yeah we've all sinned mm -hmm. um in one way or another kind of like actively we all sinned um like we're under sin um even in a passive sense like we're under satan's rule satan's reign mm -hmm. um just by our nature until god um redeems us when we hear the message of christ and believe it Amen. um because ways on the cross. So I think a huge source of hurt is stuff in our life mm -hmm. that we want, but God says he does not want us to want. Mm -hmm. um, I think that conflict hurts. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave that there. <laughs> yeah. um, well, actually I'll say one thing. Jesus is better. Amen. Jesus is more beautiful. Um, Jesus gives true satisfaction. Amen. Um, but that does not always come in a simple fashion. No. Sometimes it means sometimes he's gonna up uproot some stuff in your life and that could hurt. Almost like a like a root canal at the dentist. Yeah. You'll be so much better. And he's masterful at transforming us and um, helping us to enjoy what we ought to enjoy. But yeah. In the beginning, it can hurt. In the beginning, it can feel like we're being forced to change. But then we'll soon realize that this is the change we always desire. Amen. That was good. That was really good. Jesus is so much better than any sin that we could naturally want. And like I told you earlier, like my, my rebellious streak has started coming later, where I started not believing that Jesus was better. And thankfully, you know, God's still been faithful to, you know, keep me and to remind me of the truth of him being better. Not that I have not, you know, have my moments of weakness or whatever, but I'm always drawn back to the reality of this is going to leave you empty. And this has left you empty your entire life. I've seen God uproot me, um, uproot idols out of my life in such drastic measures. Um, the yeah. idolatry of like just possessions for me has been uprooted in multiple ways my entire life <laughs> the idolatry of relationships has been uprooted in my life in multiple ways and and i'm an introvert so that's saying a lot it's like uh, you're an introvert and you idolize relationships yes absolutely mm -hmm. the idolatry of just thinking of myself higher than i ought has been just shown like, no, Christian, you're still sinful. Like, you're not perfect. You, you may have been this good little kid growing up, but you're still sinful. Mm. And I'm going to show you, not that God made me sin, but like, I'm going to, 
I've proven to myself that I'm simple. It's like, yep, yep, I'm not perfect. There it goes, <laughs> you know, but um, to add to what Amos said to encourage those who may be new to the faith or maybe those who are like me who have been raised in the church and been in the faith for years, keep pursuing Christ. He is going to satisfy. He does satisfy. He's the only one that can do that. So when your flesh is telling you that your prior life or what you desire is better than Christ, remind yourself that there's nothing greater and that there is a future that you're living for, you know? So yeah. Mm. Persevere. Yeah. Perseverance. Persevere. Yeah. That's what I would say to that. Yeah. You know what hurts more than church hurt? What? World hurt. Ooh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what do you mean by that? (laughs) I mean, having to go through situations, having to go through pain, having to go through life without like the glorious hope of eternity. There you go. That's what I thought you were getting at. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. (laughs) No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And in the meantime, Jesus says, I think it's in Matthew 24, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden. Um, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, his hurt actually helps more than it yes. hurts. Wow. His hurt actually helps more than it hurts. I've never heard anyone put it like that, but yes, that's the truth. That's, that's the experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that that kind of like takes us to the next point. Like God's plan for the church is for us to be sanctified. Um, through our fellowship with one another as we are reminding each other of the truth of the word as we remind each other of what scripture says to take on our cross and to bear it you know like we have to endure these things in order to get to that beautiful place the celestial city as uh, pilgrim's progress puts it (laughs) Mm. one of my favorite books ever so it's a book i read every year to just remind me of what life is like, like, you know, like, there's so much testing, there's so much vanity, there's so much to, there's so much that the world wants us to run towards, and it's Mm -hmm. all folly, it's all for nothing. Yeah. And even at the end of our lives, as you look at Christian at the end of his life, crossing into eternity, he's struggling, he's wrestling to even cross into eternity, because he's afraid. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, God, like, we need the church to be there even in that moment of our last breath to encourage us to remind us you are about to be with Christ. Mm. And I'm, I, I'm praying that that is my life experience. I really want to be able to be that for someone. Yeah. And I want someone to be that for me. I want to be able to be there for my brother or my sister who's on their deathbed and say, Hey, yeah. If you're afraid, just remember you are about to be with Christ. And I pray that in return, someone can do the same. Mm-hmm. for me so i think that's a part of the sanctification process just being there for each other to remind yeah. each other of the truth yeah so correcting I, I think that uh that passage was matthew 11 just had to yeah. read, read your bibles everyone read your bible so, i told you i'm not a pastor <laughs> <laughs> i'm in seminary and i still don't know where everything is in the bible so <laughs> yeah that's saying a lot <laughs> uh so 
I think we should talk about church attendance. What do you think? Ooh, what man. do you think? <laughs> Should we? It might hurt. It might hurt some of us. I think it will hurt some of us, but I think it's important that we talk about this because I've seen too often people just not go to church because they just feel like they don't need to, mm. and I don't think it's optional um, for believers. Now I know there's there's circumstances that keep us from going sometimes. I know that there are things that happen, you know, sickness happens. Um, maybe you live in the middle of nowhere and there is not a local church near you. Um, yeah. Maybe you're in a season where you just don't trust the church, you know, that's, I get that. I've been there. Yeah. Uh, however, I don't think it's optional. And I'm going to read Hebrews 10. I'm actually going to read 19 through um, 25. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love, to act of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meetings together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Mm. And there is so much richness in this passage. Yeah. You know, we see we're called brother and sisters one at the beginning. Um, and we can enter boldly into the holy place because of Christ's sacrifice. Amen. But I think the most like all of it's important, but the thing that I really want to focus on is us not neglecting our meeting together as some do but encourage one another, especially now that the day of the, his return is drawing near. We are living in the last days. It's been called the last days since Christ went back to be with his father. Right. And they're like, oh, it's been the last days of the past 2,000 years. So why do I need to gather? Are we still waiting? Because we're, we're told to. We're told to. Definitely. Like, that's they're the reason. Affected. I don't need, I don't feel like there needs to be another reason to to really gather as a church other than we're told to Mm -hmm. like it's for our own benefit god will not tell us something that is going to be harmful for us it may not make sense to us um and and every church looks differently it doesn't mean that you have to meet on sundays like the church Mm -hmm. is when you are meeting with the body and if you're doing it intentionally we just happen to do it on sundays you know right um but if you're not in a community of believers, you're going to be at a disadvantage. I'm not saying you won't make it. That's not my call. But mm-hmm. it's, so to, it's to your advantage that you meet with believers, that you're able to be able to be a part of the body. One, so that you can help someone else. You're contributing to that body. Yeah. You no. Know? But also so that you can be helped along the way. Like they are contributing to you. They are pouring into you as well. It's for our benefit. You know, I... I can't press that enough. And like I said, I know that there are people that have been hurt and who maybe have been forced to be in the church just for like, I don't need to go. I've been there my whole life. Wow. But 
I think it's important that we get into the scripture and to remember what it teaches, like in its entirety, you know, there's other passages that we can work together to work to make this point even stronger. But I want to focus on this one. And I kind of want to get your point here on your viewpoint, Amos. Yeah. um, My first thought is to kind of think about the context here. And there's a lot going on in Hebrews. There is. Um, A whole lot. There is. Um, (laughs) I think a few things going on are kind of like how Christ fulfills all these promises um, throughout the word and all these prophecies, how that is like leading to like the the culmination um, Mm -hmm. of what the world says. So yeah, that day is approaching. And it seems like the call is for us, one, to persevere um, to the culmination of these promises, Mm -hmm. um, Christ returning very soon, Mm -hmm. any day now. The way that he's speaking to that is kind of in community. So let us hold to this hope. Mm -hmm. Um, Let us encourage each other to love and good deeds as we wait for this to happen. Let us not neglect to gather. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one thing I would, I would kind of add to that is neglecting to gather. It's not just kind of being disobedient um, to the Lord. If you know, that's something that you're just kind of ignoring, that you're just um, maybe even avoiding um, or just disagree with. Um, but point. I think it's also, it's also kind of robbing other believers around you of the gifts that you bring yeah and we're told that one gift to bring here is encouragement um encouragement towards love encouragement towards doing things that are good because it's going to be hard to persevere COVID 19 is happening right now it's hard to persevere there are all sorts of like even more like dire circumstances going on around the like entire globe it's hard it's hard to persevere but we can encourage each other to do that. So by neglecting together, you're almost like robbing your brother and sister of help to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's important that we are committed to each other um, because there's the benefits outweigh the, the negatives, you know. I'm actually um, in the new membership class at our church right now. I missed last week. I was in the middle of my midterms, so I had to skip. There's a chapter in the book that we're reading by Pastor T, and it talks about being a committed member to the church. So not just being there, but actually being actively committed. And some of the things that he listed are that a committed member attends regularly, you know? Yeah. Being present, being known, and being active are the only ways to make Christian love possible. And um, Pastor T refers to Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 when talking about that. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we do is we seek peace. So mm-hmm. when you're in the church, it's important that we are peace loving and we seek to bring peace with us. Um, and as you pointed out, another point is that we are to edify each other. That's done through our spiritual gifts and through what we bring to the body as a certain part of the body of Christ. And then warning and admonishing each other, pursuing reconciliation and Mm -hmm. bearing with one another. So there's a lot that the church, we can learn from being in fellowship with one another. 
Yeah. Shout out to Pastor T, Pastor T B for your oh, book. Yeah. What is a healthy church member? And just like I want, I guess my my desire is to be a healthy church member. And it bothers me when people can't see the benefits of it. I can see generally their view. You know, I'm like, I, I get why you're not there. Mm-hmm. However, I, I guess I'm a person that can see everyone's viewpoint, but when people don't see mine, I get frustrated. I'm like, why don't you see mine? Like, come mm-hmm. on, get with the program. But I just want to encourage you guys who are listening, who may not be in the church or who may feel hurt by the church to the point where you don't want to go. Take it to the Father. Please take it to the Father. And just pour your heart out to him. He knows already. He's not surprised. Pray that he would bring someone that can help encourage you to get plugged in and find a body that will be healing to you, you know? Mm-hmm. There is a body out there that will be beneficial to you. Um, Jackie Hill, I believe, said the one thing that got used to heal her church hurt was the church. Mm. <laughs> like, how, how does that work, you know? Wow. I, I that quote has stuck with me and this is prior to me even experiencing church hurt like when she said that I was like yo God works in such a way that no mankind I don't think any human can say there's not a God we couldn't plan it we couldn't plan it we definitely couldn't do it you know so yeah that's my encouragement to you guys on that point church attendance is important please pray mm-hmm. take to the father pray that God uses his church to bring healing to you because he wants to do that yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's still things from our series on trauma that are stuck with me. Okay. Shout out, shout out to brother Asa who, who kind of led that. Hey, but yeah, trauma is real and we have to acknowledge it. So even in this area, I think if there are, if there is church hurt, if there's trauma due to people in the church, due to things that happen, that happen to us or due to like issues with God personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to like dig into those three things because we're called to do something in those areas mm-hmm. in terms of even our church attendance. Mm-hmm. So we're, God's, we're called to, to know God and to love God and to pursue God. So I think that's the first step. And that's an ongoing process. You don't have to have everything figured out, but mm-hmm. hey, how can I pursue God in the area, every area of my life? And I think uh, even recall in this passage to, to spur one another on to love and good deeds. How can I like pursue loving people to pursue mm-hmm. loving God's church? And um, that may mean we need to think about forgiveness or asking for forgiveness so that church attendance isn't so triggering. Yeah. And then things that happened, another, another reason for forgiveness. So really like, taking time to to figure the, those things out because i think when we do it will make church attendance more of a joy whereas when we kind of ignore them or allow those things to fester they keep us from being encouraged and they keep us from encouraging the body as i was starting to become more serious about attending in a- at arc and even after i joined i had to confess to pastor t that you know i i'm not in a place where I'm, i feel like i'm i'm in a good place to meet people right now because of what I've experienced. I don't trust a lot of people in church and not necessarily at our church, but just in general, because I'm like, once I let people into my life, they just, they just disappoint me, you know? And I don't feel like I need a lot of people in my life anyway. That's just how I'm wired. 
mm-hmm. I like to keep a small circle. But I guess for me, it's like I don't I didn't want to introduce new people into this time where I felt like I'm just not my best. Like my mind is not right right now all the time. Like one, my attitude has not been as pleasant as it could be. I'm generally a very cheerful, joyful person, but just seeing what I've gone through in the last two, three years has really changed how I even approach certain things that would generally make me happy. Um, So I felt like I just wasn't pleasant to be around. Like I didn't deserve to be around people. And I just, I I guess I had to remember, like you said, trauma is very real. Mm -hmm. And even my memory has been affected by what I've gone through. Like it's really bad. Like, yeah. My memory has been affected. And I generally have an excellent memory. Mm. So I just have to, one, I have to allow myself the grace to be human and yeah. say that I'm worthy of relationship with people, even though I'm going through this stuff. Like if, if they're truly there for me, they'll understand and they'll be able to work through it with me. But yeah. it's been hard for me to do that because I'm like, this is not Christian at his best. Mm. This is Christian at his lowest of lows right now. And it's been extremely hard and humbling <laughs> for mm-hmm. me because I'm not putting, I'm not able to put my own strength in my abilities. I have to trust God with it fully. Yeah. So I hope that encourages someone. I, I, I don't know. I just have been really humbled recently. Like I had such a self-righteous attitude and God is continually showing me, no, you need me. You need my body. Yeah. And that's humbling. It's extremely humbling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's uh, he's given various gifts to the body for the edification. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I think we covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else to add to the conversation. Do you have anything else you want to say to close us out, Amos? Closing remarks. Sure. Um, I want to uh, plug a resource. Yes, um, please. I meant to mention earlier. Um, it's called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. It essentially um, talks about nine ways that we can see and kind of pull from the word to essentially run our church. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be super inventive or innovative at first. We can look at the word um, because he did create Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, so it talks about how to preach in a way that's biblical, theology, sharing the gospel, converting others, evangelism, membership, discipline, discipleship, and leadership. So how do we how do we see these things in the word and how do they say that we ought to operate as a church? That's nine marks of a healthy church. Is that is that Mark Dever? Mark Dever, yep. um, Capitol Hill, um, hey. marks.org. Yep. And I'm going to plug Pastor T's book again because it was written as a response to Mark Dever's book, What is a Healthy Church Member? And it is such a good book. I guess I'm going through it right now. And it goes over I'm a member being an expositional listener, a biblical theologian. We're all called to know scripture, gospel saturated, genuinely converted, biblical evangelist, committed member, seeks discipleship, growing disciple, humble follower, and a prayer warrior. So I think those two books go really well together. Mm-hmm. And the book I referenced earlier by Francis Chan is Letter to the Church. And it's such a great book as well. It really gives me, um, it gave me a very good perspective on the church in America versus the church 
globally or how the church operates in other countries. So that's mm. another source I would tell people to check out as well. So, yeah. 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 And, and even if church attendance or church membership still feels a little weird to someone for some reason, um, I would just say, consider your friend circles, surround yourself with people yes. um, yep. who maybe have the same ideals as you, or maybe are walking certain things out in a way that you aspire to and hopefully that those are like christian characteristics that you're pursuing Mm -hmm. i think you'll find yourself wanting to be around them more and more Mm -hmm. um, as you grow more and more like christ so that's that's the aim yeah i'm gonna add something to that even i like that you said that so yeah this is not a rebuke to people that are not actively in the church um rather i would hope that encourages you to like amos just said to be around those who are followers of Christ that are really seeking and pursuing him with his whole, with their whole hearts. And I do believe that in that you'll find healing to be able to attend, um, to be able to get plugged in with the co- a local body once again. And that community that you're in, if you're in a body, if you're in fellowship with your friends that are following Christ, you're in the church. Let's not get that twisted because they are, we are the church. So I want to encourage you guys that are doing that. Keep it up. God will, God will provide what you need in his timing. And those who don't have that, um, I pray that you find it. We all need that. No one is an island. So that's the biggest thing for me. Keep in mind that you cannot do this Christian walk alone. You need support of your brothers and sisters to do this. And that is what the church is for. So please, yeah, get plugged in with someone. So that's all I have for this uh, episode. I appreciate you, Amos. I really, I love your insight. I hope it blessed someone else. I know it did bless me as the host. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. Great. Maybe next time we can talk about music, my real specialty. <laughs> we will have an episode on music in a future season. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. Dope. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a good one. Stay safe. Uh, practice your social distancing. But remember to be the church. Peace. Thank you.